Hello, hello, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. Uh, I'm coming in from the gym today, right off, right out of the gym to the podcast. So I had a little fist pump going during the intro music. Um, so, so our our dear friend Joey Giancola, who's with us today, is just going to have to deal with that that energy level and craziness that I'm coming into the show with today. But Joey, what's going on, man? It's great to have you on the show. Also, don't forget you're two bowls deep on cereal too, for the record. So you're you're really just you're really <laughs> ready right. to roll. Not that's like an right. not not like an adult cereal, like a kid's cereal. So you're really ready to go. So yeah, it should be I, a good uh, show. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I was telling so Joey when we first like got into the little interface here uh, before you hit record, he was talking to me and I couldn't even hear him because I was mowing down a couple bowls of uh, Duke's puffins that he has in the closet. It's been such a hectic day that I was like, I'm just, what do we have that I can just shove in my face before we go on the podcast? And well, I, have to, I have to give you credit for owning up to the cereal as opposed to like lying to me like it's some adult cereal, like, oh, it's still sweet brand thing. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm eating that. But I mean, that's something that happens more often than people admit to of you stealing stuff from your children. So, Oh, yeah. I don't know if I have any food. I said to my wife the other day, I don't think there's, I don't think I have any food. Like none of it is mine. My kids have food and my wife has food. And then I have to strategically steal portions of their food so that they don't really notice. And if I, if I somehow eat the end of any of their food, I then have to make a special trip to go get it. But like, I don't think I have any food in the house. It's all the kids and my wife's food. You know what that tells me is that you don't do the grocery shopping. You got to do the grocery shopping. You got to make sure you're taken care of, man. You just got, that's how it's got to go. <laughs> my role, I actually go to the grocery store and this is this is not interesting to anybody who's listening, but we go to the grocery store and my role is simply crowd control. I, my job is to make sure the two, like, cause it's like a family thing. You know, we go on Sunday and I we like all that. go together and it gets inside of the house. And then we go, usually we go to the diner sometimes or whatever. And, um, and, and like, it's just straight crowd control. I'm just watching the kids. I have no idea what goes in the basket. None. I mean, that's important. I actually, I applaud you for the familyness. I would like to, I would like my family to evolve to that place. We haven't made it yet there. Uh, the best I can do, I'm going to give you 15 more seconds on this. And I promise we'll talk about maybe something that people care about, like you said, but, uh, my kids have, two of my kids have just gotten old enough to where I have to bribe one of them with like a cookie to come with me. So my wife doesn't have all three of them at home. And then she hates me when I get home because then I get viewed as grocery shopping on my time. Like that's my escape. Like that's what you have to look forward to with, with kids is, of who is who's going grocery shopping because they don't have to deal with the kids. So. I, I know it's so crazy. It's so, like how, uh, how has my life evolved? How was how has our lives evolved to this? But everyone listening who has kids understands. So Joey, uh, for those few people who are listening to this that don't know who you are, uh, give us the the elevator pitch on Joey G and Gola, what you have going on, and and what you do on a day to day basis. Yeah, uh, that's that's very kind of you. I'm, I'm sure there's more than two or three, um, but I'll take for, for right now. I'll take that as as being a reality. Um, but I am uh, first and foremost. What people actually don't know, if if they don't know one thing about me, it's that I'm an actual insurance agent uh, for my family uh, insurance agency, Jingola Insurance, in the uh, fine little town of Ashtabula, Ohio. It's about 50 miles east of Cleveland. And um, sell primarily individual health insurance, which is again, I'm not quite sure what is wrong with me, but that's what I do. And, um, so that's a day to day, do a lot of the marketing, uh, there, but also, you know, just entrenched in selling health insurance to people that don't have it through their jobs. 
And then on the side, I like to talk to agents about the stuff that I have tried and, you know, get to work in my agency about how they can get it to work in their agency. And I do that with, uh, with a good buddy of ours, Jason Cass over at the grow program and, uh, you know, do a podcast on that and write a newsletter, um, a Sunday newsletter and a twice a week podcast. But other than that, uh, that's kind of the, the shortest of elevator pitches that I could give to you. Tell everyone the name of the podcast and what it's all about. The podcast is called Insurance in Your Words, and the the gist of it is I like to secretly call up insurance agents, uh, record them without their knowledge, and I'm glad that I'm disclosing this here now so that everybody knows what's what's up. But um, and then I, and then after the fact, I, I like to let them know that I've recorded it, and then I kind of cut it up and, and use some of the good bits and kind of uh, use my put my thoughts over it and use that to kind of shape different conversations uh, each week. So do do two episodes a week. And uh, it's interesting what you get out of people. Uh, I like an honest conversation. I don't like people to fake like they're they're successful at this and they're not. And it's just kind of the honest truth of what they're really working on, what they're struggling with, where they're actually successful. And that's actually the more interesting part that I find that, you know, people, you know, they get onto their successes and they don't even really realize that they, they try and detract from what's already working. And, and, you know, you always want to try and pick on what they're not working, but they, they're, they're very honest with what is working. And I don't even know if they realize it. Yeah, that was that's a really interesting point. We we talked a little bit about that before we went live, and I think, um, you know, you you your exact words when we were talking about the show today was uh, agents have a hard time owning up to the success that they actually have. They're always looking for the next thing, and um, I, you know, I think. I think there's a couple different types of agents in, in my own personal opinion. I, I think this is a phenomenal topic and I'm, and I'm so glad this is what you wanted to talk about because it's so interesting. Um, I think there's a couple different types of agents. I think they're the agent, there are the agents who are incredibly successful and, um, and are okay kind of sticking with what they've always done and, and they don't move on. I think we give those agents the hardest time, right? Uh, because it's, oh, why can't you, why can't you, you know, uh, just get your, you know, stick your head up and, and understand that technology is the future. And it's like, I, I learned this lesson the hard way, uh, maybe about four or five years ago, um, uh, at a presentation at one of the state associations, a guy came up to me afterwards and said, I make $500,000 a year and you're telling me what I'm doing is wrong. <laughs> and, and, uh, and that's a tough one. That was a, that one set me back a step. You know, that's a tough one to come back from. But you know, so why? Why? But I do think there's this middle group, and it really falls into what you're talking about, right? There's this. So that's kind of one side. The other side is this other group that understands that they're doing well, but is pushing. But then there's this middle group that like does yeah that I think completely falls into what you're saying. They they they're 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 never they never stick on one thing long enough to really take it to the next level. Is that what you're saying? I mean, again, it just comes down to being aware of, of what you're good at or what you want to be good at, right? Like, yeah, you might hear somebody like yourself or, or myself or somebody talking about the way that we do things, but just because that's the way that we do it doesn't mean that's the way that you have to do it, right? Like you're probably doing something that I'm terrible at. And the fact that you don't realize that is the tragedy. And I'm not quite sure why it gets that way. Again, I, I I look at it as like marketing shaming, right? Like we're just shaming people into this marketing thing that we think is is right and just and whatever. But again, if, if you're putting food on the table and you're happy and, and, and you're doing what you want to do, great. I mean, just don't say that you want this other thing or complain about it, right? Just be happy with what you're doing. Um, if you want to look for something else because you think what you're doing now isn't going to work in some period of time, then yeah, great. But, um, you know, 
don't discredit or discount the things that you already have working. Instead, maybe try and look to augment and kind of enhance those things. And how can you maybe, you know, translate some of that to maybe scale and to be a little more efficient? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I've, I've done so many podcasts recently. I can't remember what I've said where, but uh, one of the things internally at trustedchoice.com that we've been talking a lot about is how do we build products that allow insurance agents to be insurance agents, right? This whole idea of augmenting. So, uh, you know, I think there are insurance agents who are marketers and they have taken, they've already taken their business to that next level or started to infuse in tools. There are insurance agents who are also technologists and they're early adopters and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's great. But I think most insurance agents are insurance agents. Yeah. Marketing sales, you know, technology, uh, HR, all these, these are things that they need to run an agency, but at the core, they're insurance agents. And that's not a bad thing. And, and, and I think in, in my own, in my own, uh, work in a previous, you know, we all mature and evolve in our work. Right. And I think in some of my previous work, I may have, I may have seen that have said things like you have to be a marketer and an insurance agent, you have to be this. And I'm starting to get away from that a little bit and, and, and more get in line with what you're saying, where I believe insurance agents should be insurance agents and, and, and companies like truststories.com or whoever, there's, there's many others. I, I don't mean this just to be a commercial, but, um, uh, we need to build products that, that work in that framework that allow them to do what they do best, but help them where they want the help. That is the important part about what you're saying, saying that mark marketing shame, which, which is, which is funny, kind of in a sad way. Um, I, I just, I, I think this is a really interesting idea. So, so what does that look like? If you, if insurance agents need to be insurance agents, but need, but, but also if they view the future as being different, how do they, how do they augment? What, what are some things they can do? What are some things they should be thinking about? I mean, that's, that's a great question, right? I'm, and, and much like you, again, like you, you do so many podcasts, you forget about, I, I, one of the things that really spurred this, this whole idea was I did a podcast, I think last week, um, you know, I think it was titled, don't be afraid to, uh, and don't be afraid to throw money at more time. That was it. Yes. Um, and, and, and we all, I've, I'm sure you've heard agents tell you this over and over again over the years. It's just, I just need to find the time to, to write, to blog or whatever it is. And, um, and they, they, they want to say that this is something that they like to do. And even I'm guilty of saying that, and you're probably guilty of saying that. And they think because it's something that they like to do, that they're going to save it to the end of the day or, or whatever time that they feel they can, you know, give the, the service work and all the stuff they hate to do, you know, prioritization. So they look forward to these things. And again, back to this kind of taking an honest look at it, it's, do you really like to blog? I mean, if I had to, if Ryan, if you told me, Hey, Joey, what are you going to do tonight? When, you know, at five thirty, six o'clock, it's not going to be to sit down and write a blog. I tell you that much. Uh, it's, uh, I get more, I'm more addicted to the outcome of the blog of that email that comes in because of the blog than it is the actual process of writing it. Me personally. Right. And it's just being honest with yourself. Do you really like it? Or just have you heard people like me and Ryan talk about it enough to where you think you like it, where, you know, it's just, it's not getting done. So, um, yeah, I'm that crazy. I, I actually, could care less about how many hits it gets or how many emails I get back. I'm like the, when it, for some reason, when it comes to writing, I, I, I'm like that purest artist. Like I just love to create it. And then I don't care what happens personally. I mean, obviously I, to keep my job, I have to make sure that they produce results, but, um, I'll send but, this to uh, Chip when we're done to make sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, if I told Chip, Chip, I just want to write, I just want to yeah. go write. <laughs> 
find, I might find a pink slip in my locker the next time I show up in Minneapolis. Yeah, no, I mean, so it's, it's again, I, I mean, I'm in love with a certain process. I, I like the, I, I'm addicted to the outcome, right? Like it's the, I'm helping people. And I mean, it's an, it's a, it's an end of the means, right? It's just I, people, again, back to the people kidding themselves of what they're really in it for and what they're really good at. Um, you know, what, what does that look like? Right. You know, the, I think the question that I, I, I carefully sidestepped was, um, you, you know, like you said, what tools are available to agents? You know, right now, I mean, end to end, you know, if, if I could just sit down and, you know, write a post or record a video and then walk away from it and be done with it, that would be spectacular. Right. Um, I, I think, you know, before we get too off the deep end, I guess the question I might toss back to you is, is, is I think we all have to take some responsibility to creating awareness to what it is that what we do and how we can help people. And because the tools are so easy to use, uh, much like video, it's that, you know, there's certain aspects, you know, everybody can sit down for five or 10 minutes and talk. Now, do they need to be pro- you know responsible for end to end? Probably not. It's what does that look like? How can people help those agents in between that process and, and make it so where maybe they just sit down, push a button and that video is created and then it ships off somewhere else and then it comes back to them, you know, 24 hours later. I don't know. Tell me if I'm crazy. No, I think you're 100% right. Um, I think that there are incredibly easy ways to create all the content you could ever need. Um, I, th- I think part of the problem is agents have been lo- fed a lot of crap, a lot of crap advice. Um <laughs> about and there's a lot of charlatans in the marketplace and and i shouldn't say charlatans because that denotes uh, a malicious intent i think there are a lot of people who don't have a clue what they're doing who sell services to agents because they smell that agents are ripe for the for buying the services right it's an industry that appears flush with cash um, they're local small businesses. There's a ton of them. And I think a lot of people who don't know what they're doing get into this space and say, geez, there's so many of them. If we can just get a hundred agents to sign up for our plan, then we're good to go. Right. And, um, and that's a, I, I, I just bump into so many agents who've said, I've tried that before. I've tried that before. I've tried that before. And in my head, and, 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 you know, and, and I try to be very respectful of that because I understand, right? No one wants to waste money. No one wants to waste time. No one, you know, it's like fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, you know? So I don't know if that exactly fits, but you get the idea. I always screw uh, that one and, up too, so. And, you know, so it's, so, so in my head, I'm thinking to myself, man, how could they get burned? Like there's so many phenomenal options out there that could do a lot of this that would just allow them to do the, the basic creation um, so I, like, I'll take the tool that we're recording on right now, right? It's called Zencaster. It does fr- front to back. I can put my intro music in, then we talk outro music. It then automatically does post-production equalizes levels, removes background noise, and then produces a single file that I then just upload to Lids- Libsyn and I have a podcast. So that's the, simply the time doing the recording and uploading it to Libsyn and I have a podcast. That's how easy it is. That's literally how easy it is. This tool costs me $10 a month or $15 a month, something like that. So this is a great way to get content out there. And you might say, well, Ryan, who's going to listen to my insurance podcast? Uh, I would push back on that a little. I think maybe the audience that you're seeking might find it, but you could then get this transcribed. You could get inter- you could do interviews with local 
um, local uh, local business owners in your area, local thought leaders in your area, local celebrities in your area, right? The news anchor, the the mayor, the the you know whoever about issues that are going on. I mean, and if these are things you're interested, you got to be interested in this again. But I guess my point is, I, and I'm going down a rabbit hole, but my point is there are many ways and many tools that can allow I think insurance agents to be insurance agents. We just have to be thoughtful in the ones we use and that can minimize our creation time and allow us to do all the other things we need to do in the day but still get the benefit of creating and pushing content out into the world it's good to know nothing is going to get edited out of here so i guess i better watch my step from here on yeah. out so good yep, to know no, Ron. I'm Thank you. way too lazy and too busy to do any editing so don't say anything stupid all right well i'm sure we or can say something stupid that will just sure. make it more interesting probably right <laughs> yeah absolutely um i'm sure we could scratch the whole 16 minutes then probably i'm sure there's something in there um <laughs> yeah i mean it is interesting right i mean because i, th I think agents want to be sold a bill of goods and, and they're willing to throw money at a lot of stuff right yeah and 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 the conversation that I had the podcast podcast that I referenced earlier, I mean, the agent was throwing some money at um, Facebook ads. He's like, yeah, I'm not really researching it. I don't think I'm doing it effectively enough. And you know, that kind of that kind of came back to the idea of listen. I mean, if you're going to throw money at anything, right? If you're unsure about where to throw money at, if you've got some money that you want to spend, invest in finding yourself more time, right? Like invest in something that's going to give you twenty, thirty, forty minutes, whatever it is, right? Um, that's a sure bet, at least if you're, you know, half of a human being and you're able to, you know, actually capitalize on it. Now, if you're going to go binge on some Netflix, then maybe not, but, um, you know, invest in something that's giving you more time is definitely a surefire way to, in my opinion, uh, you know, get a return on that versus like you said, throwing it at something that you have to do actually more work for. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's a really good point. And, um, I was talking to an agent who was uh, talking, this is probably about a year ago. I was at a conference, um, did my thing, and then afterwards, I always like to stick around and talk to people and answer questions and that kind of stuff. Actually, a lot of times answering questions after the presentation is my favorite part. Um, and he was referencing, you know, ah, oh, geez, you know, this stuff sounds great, but, you know, I do some service work and, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, well, you know, have you ever thought about using somebody from Wave? Why not hire a wave employee for 20 hours a week? Uh, that cut, that takes 20 hours of service work out of your week. And even if you don't do digital, you could just do more sales, more relationship building. You could go to five networking events. You could, you know what I mean? There's a million things you could do with 20 hours in a week. If you're a, you're a, you're a principal doing 20 hours of service work a week, I would say the investment in a wave employee would make sense considering you could probably do, you know, 5X more revenue for the cost that, that you were paying uh, that wave employee, and he, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good idea." And I know there's no way he never he ever did it. <laughs> well, so here's the thing, right? And this is I, I I I've told a lot of agents the same thing. Two things that stand in that way, in, in their way, as far as I'm concerned, right? One, it's the this might be strong, but the lack of imagination or creativity for how they might actually implement that resource, right? It's like ah, uh, I don't have that much work for them to do, right? It's it's something that, you know, that it takes them a while to be pointed out, right? They need like a, a, a roadmap to say, listen, these are the five most, you know, leverageable things that you can get off your plate and, and get onto somebody else's plate. And two, I still think that the financial commitment in combination with that lack of 
you know, or that, that, that uncertainty that they have with bringing this service on is that kind of potent punch that, that, you know, kind of has agents, you know, really kind of having a hard time taking something like that on because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to commit to that cost and then say, oh man, I don't have anything for you to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I, somehow our industry turned into a last click ROI industry, right? Um, and I, I think the, well, their risk averse is a cop out. Um, but you know, so when I say last click, I mean, you're only applying ROI to the tasks that the that that task, some, some activity in that task yielded a sale, right? That that is, if, if that's not the case, they're like, oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. So you're telling me, you know, how much more, if you had 20 more hours a week, how much more you could sell that that's, that's 80 hours a month. You have 80 more hours a month to sell and prospect and build relationships. How much more could you sell with 80 hours a month? And that's not worth a $20 an hour wave employee who's going to step in with very little training, most likely know how, and and I'm just using wave because I think, I I love the idea of wave and you know, some people have used them and again, not every service is perfect and there's always different experiences, but I think in general, the idea of wave and the people I know who've used them have been, I'm just, we're just using this because they have the CSRs. So I think, you know, just using that as an example, um, it's, but, but it, it, they're not because hiring that person is an outlay of money first right. before the revenue comes in on the back end, right? So you put that money out and it might take two or three months of getting that 80 hours back before the prospecting, you know, cause we have the lag time in prospecting. I think it's that time that scares people. And I get that. I mean, I'm not, no one likes to pay money with the hope of making money on the end. But at a certain point, you got to believe, right? Well, so this is the part where I think it's more of an indictment on the people servicing our industry of, of they're making, they're leaving, they're letting it be left to our imagination, right? It's their job to close the gap, right? If we have questions and we're not sure, it's their job to close that gap for us and lay out that map. Um, now maybe they do, maybe they don't, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I, like you said, there's wave, I know there's marble box, advantage Agora. I know there's different services, you know, that I've, you know, talked with people you know intimately about, you know, how they work, but, um, still at the end of the day, agents are just still, like you said, scared. Um, I'm going to flip it a little bit. And this is something, this is a, this is an idea that uh, I have to give credit to Jerry Nicolo, Jerry and Nancy Nicolo over at Huff insurance in, uh, somewhere in Maryland. I can never remember the city yeah, that they're people. in, but, um, Jerry actually pays somebody to go to their networking events. He has somebody that they just, he says he pays them to go to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, you know, so if that's a little more of a certainty for you and that's where you want to go and you want to do something else, there's no right or wrong. You know, there's no right answer for everything, right? It's, it's how you want to operate. And I was like, man, that's brilliant. I don't want to go shake hands with people with these things. Like I'm going to go make somebody else do that. And I think again, before you even say it, cause I can hear it coming out of your mouth is, well, then, you know, they're the ones that own the relationship and, I think unless you don't have a strong kind of process in place, maybe, but you know, I think if you, if you're confident, again, operating from a place of positivity and confidence, if you're confident in that process, you can, you can transfer that trust all day long. No, I think that's, I'm, I'm dude, I'm a hundred percent with you. I, I don't think the whole, the whole, they own the relationship thing. That's just a state of mind to me. And, and you can process that out at any time, right? You can, you can process that. And I'll give you the, I'll give you a case in point. Um, maybe this, maybe this goes to me as an insurance salesman, but, um, uh, when I sold my book of business back to the Murray group and, and left to join trust of choice.com, 
Um, well, I guess I didn't leave to join Truststories.com. I left, and then a couple months later, joined Truststories.com. But that's semantics, semantics right? Semantics. Nobody, nobody right. cares about. Um, uh, uh, it was two years before the first client left. Be- even though they, even though I was the one that brought them in, and we had a good relationship, I passed them off to the Murray Group, and I told those, pe- I told people. You know, you're, you're, you know, it's the, it's my wife and it's the other team members that she has in the service side and it's my father-in-law and whoever picks up the phone here can help you. It's like, you are, you are becoming a member of the Murray group by, by, by buying insurance from me. And even though you can always call me and I'm happy to help you unless it's a car change and then I'm going to pretend like my phone, uh, yeah. I didn't hear my phone ring. Right. Um, you, you know, we're, we're here. It's a team. And for that reason, I didn't lose a client for two years. And again, that's, that's not just me, but I'm saying that was my father-in-law's idea. His whole concept was, regardless if it's him, if it's my brother-in-law, if it was the other producers that we had in the agency, you bring the people in and then it becomes your part of this agency as a whole. And I think it, that's scary for producers uh, for sure. But if you can build that type of culture, man, people stick around because it just it feels different and that whole owning the relationship thing and all the animosity and mistrust that happens inside the organization over that idea uh, goes away and you don't even think twice about it. Um, it. It really is, it's a liberating thing. It's not easy to get used to and it's certainly, I don't think, an intuitive idea for everybody, but... Um, I love that concept. I mean, that sounds like a great job, actually. If someone's yeah. looking for a job in Maryland, you, might to, you just eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for free. And well, you know, and, and two things, positive and negative, on, on this. Um, the first thing is is that we also neglect human behavior in all of this because, yeah, they want to like you and they want to do business with you, but really, more than anything, they don't want to have to worry about this thing, this problem that you're solving, and that's pretty much the role that you serve for them, right? Like, yes, there's trust and yeah, your kids might play t-ball together or whatever that you know, other stuff is. At the end of the day, they don't want to have to look for somebody else to help them with their insurance. And that's the role that you serve. You're doing that good enough. And maybe we're setting a low bar here. I don't know, but um, it's, that's kind of their ultimate goal, right? And, and as long as, like you said, the team is able to, to meet those needs, they don't really, yeah, I mean, they might miss you from time to time, right? And you're winter, your witty banter and all that good stuff, popped collars, all that fun stuff. But I mean, outside of that, you know, they just don't want to have to think about worrying about their insurance anymore. And on the other side of it though, and this is where, you know, my agency, we struggle sometimes. And the one thing that I I found this to, to be true is if you have a dramatic age gap or a kind of way of doing business gap. Um, you know, I work with my dad and two uncles, my, my one uncle is 61, 62. He's pretty old. Right. So he kind of barely types with two fingers as I like to put it. So, I mean, the way that I work with clients and the way that he works with clients, I mean, it's, 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 it's a pretty dramatic gap, right? So us sharing clients in that space, it's difficult. And, and you have to kind of assess that landscape and, and are you willing to do the heavy lifting in some cases or being the low, low man on the totem pole, such as I saying, telling your uncle how to do things and, how many times are you going to get cussed out and just say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to wait till you retire and then we'll think about it. Right. Yeah. That's a, it's a really good point and it's a really tough topic. Um, you know, I, it's funny, um, for as much as, you know, I think you, you may want to think that my father-in-law, uh, you know, gave me a hard time and that's why I'm not there and stuff like that. It's, it's really not the case. Uh, I was lucky. 
I was lucky that um, he 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 did mold a lot, and that agency has 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 molded to the digital age. I, I won't say they're all all in, uh, not not by any stretch of the imagination, but I, they have come a long way, and 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 they lean forward, they lean into it a little bit, and they they have uh, Infusionsoft and. Um, and they use it, uh, you know, they have a bunch of campaigns that run that's a marketing automation tool and, um, they, they push for Google reviews and a lot of the things that I put into place, they've kept going and, and expanded upon others. So, um, so I, I, I see it from that side, right? You can mold some people, but in the cases, but then I know a lot of agents, um, yourself included where, you know, there's a, there's a member of the organization who've been doing things for a long time and just simply isn't going to change. And it's tough to advertise your agency as someone who has X, Y, you know, has this this forward looking customer first experience. Um, but you know, that's true unless they talk to uncle Henry and then uncle Henry is going to be like, Nope, I don't have a cell phone. Uh, those are for weirdos. And I only do business across the desk because I want to be eyeball to eyeball. And, um, you know, and then it completely changes things. I don't necessarily have a good answer for that. Um, but I think at its core, if the if and and again I I, I really think um, we don't put enough emphasis on our on our I shouldn't say we don't I think if you put emphasis on your service team and helping them uh, understand and have the tools and enough staff and they're paid properly um, then they can handle the differences right Uncle Henry's uh, and I, I know your uncle's I don't think your name uncle's name is Henry but it's not Uncle Henry's. Uh, clients, they really just want to talk to him on the hard line and come in and see him every once in a while. And that's fine. But Joey's clients, they're cool with just text messaging him or text messaging us. And I think if you can help them adapt and just understand the, the, the small differences between the producers, um, I think that's really where a good solid service staff who, 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 who cares and is, is properly compensated and all that kind of stuff. And, and I say that only because I think the average service professional gets like, like low thirties, which is tough considering they basically manage the entire retention operation of your business. Um, so, you know, I think that can be managed out, but again, it takes people, people have to want that to happen. Um, and that's the tough part. It's, it always comes back to culture, I think. Well, and, and again, too, and I think back to where this entire conversation started is, is, you know, I think people would be very surprised if they stepped foot into our agency and looked at it, you know, from the inside, from all the four corners that we have, you know, just exactly what it looked like based on, you know, what they hear me talk about. And it, it comes back to self-awareness, right? Like, is it that important? My uncle's got one foot out the door. You know, do I need to make the last few years of his working career miserable because I want him to, you know, do an e-signature or whatever, you know, whatever it is, right? Like, does that need to happen? Is it that much of a detriment to my overall success and growth when I sell five auto policies a year? And that's what he primarily does is auto and home. Um, is that, is that a battle worth fighting or is it just, Hey, listen, I'm going to go do this thing and I'll worry about that when the opportunity is there, right? We think everything has to happen all the time and it's just picking and choosing the battles and taking, you know, the, the avenues that are most available to us, I think, and being yeah. okay with that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, and I'll tell you, a lot of small victories lead up to big victories. And that's that's ultimately, for anyone who's ever heard my story, that's how I ever got to produce a blog post on the Murray Group 
was two years of those tiny little victories, right? Tiny little victory, tiny little victory, tiny little victory. You know what I mean? We got them, I got them to do this. I got them to add this to their email signature. Okay, now they're okay with me having a website. Okay, now they're okay with me blogging. Okay, I'm gonna be going to these networking events. They had never really done networking events. I mean, there was, it was like a, all these little tiny victories led to what I ultimately wanted. So um, I can tell you from firsthand experience, Going for the the big ask, go for broke ask, like at the beginning of moving your agency digital is like a re- is an absolute recipe for failure. Um, you are gonna get shot down, crash and burn. You're gonna be frustrated. I experienced that, and uh, it wasn't until I started shooting for small little victories over time, like you like you said, right? I mean, if you can get your uncle, you know. 20 to 30% of the way of where you want him to be for these last couple years until he phases out, that's better than him not making a single step in that direction, right? And right. Um, and and you'll be much happier. You'll be less frustrated. He'll be less frustrated. You guys can still go to Thanksgiving dinner together or whatever and, and not want to strangle each other. And um, That happens for other reasons too, but I mean, yeah, exactly. based on work business, just on work, we're, we're all right at least, I guess, right? Well, man, um, so I, I didn't say this at the beginning, but I think it's important. You've you've heard this. You've heard uh, Joey speak now. You understand how smart this guy is. Joey's going to be at Elevate. He is a speaker. He's going to be on one of our panels. Uh, I have a couple other ideas possibly for Joey as well to get him involved, but I haven't told him those yet, and I'm not, certainly not going to tell him now. Sounds dangerous. Um, but uh, Joey's going to be there. If you want to learn more from Joey, uh, definitely you want to be at Elevate. 2017 guys when this comes out when this episode comes out we are going to be about five or six weeks away from from elevate the conference the biggest insurance marketing event in the history of the world the the epicenter of awesome uh in all things improving your customer experience through sales marketing and technology uh, and I and I really want you to be there. If you listen to this show, you need to be at Elevate. I'm not kidding. If you're willing to to deal with with us and and what we talk about all the time, and uh, you know pushing pushing almost nine thousand downloads a month, uh, I know there's a lot of you out there. Uh, you got to be at Elevate. It's it's going to be a one of a kind event. Um, we're well on our way to to over 200 attendees. Just you know, in the next week or so, we'll blow past that, and and I think we'll be somewhere around 250 to 300 attendees, plus all the speakers and sponsors and all the people from TrustedChoice.com. So you want to be part of this crew. You want to get there, shake Joey's hand. He's one of the smartest guys doing what we do all the time. Joey, where can people learn a little more about you, man? I mean, you can head over to growprogram.com uh, to listen to that podcast, Insurance in Your Words. Uh, obviously, if, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff, it's there. Um, and then Jason has got to find podcast to agents influence. And, um, and if you actually want to validate my real insurance work, jingleinsurance.com, if you want to just test me, it's all there. Um, but uh, yeah, I would be happy to uh, meet any of these uh, fine listeners over here on Agency Nation Radio at Elevate. And at the very least, if they don't want to talk insurance or marketing or anything like that, we can at least discuss um, effective strategies for family grocery shopping. I think if, if we've learned one thing from this podcast, we at least can maybe lock that corner down. Yeah, that's very good. Well, man, hey, I appreciate your time, buddy, and we will see you at Elevate. Get your ticket, agencynation.com forward slash Elevate 17. Get it today. Thank you.